everybody. Welcome to another episode of my live podcast. Uh, Dan Fonts Talks Metal. I forgot to change out the logo, but hey, it's okay. <laughs> I switched it over. My friend Fred was like, you should name it Dan Fonts Talks Metal because all your other socials are Dan Fonts. So then it would all, you know, be the same. And I'm like, Tie together, yeah. You're, thank you for that idea. <laughs> so anyway, I have uh, Scott Ian Lewis, the vocalist of Carnifex. Um, I've been listening to Carnifex since, well, probably, actually not the EP. It was Dead in My Arms. That's okay. when I found awesome. out about you guys. And then since then, I mean, shit, I was all around the time when Suicide Silence was coming out, you know, All Shall Perish, all she, you know, all those bands. So it was like the rise, the beginning of Deathcore in a sense. It was, yeah, Wasn't it, was, it? it was kind of an explosive moment, and I think if I think back to it now as, like, you know, a musician that's kind of been around for a minute, like, it was actually kind of a really special moment, because I, I think back to some of, like, our very, yeah, like, some of the yeah. first times we, we went out on some of these, like, MySpace tours, or, you know, MySpace <laughs> shows, I love where following we, like, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you both I mean, JJ yeah, well, like that. I know. We all, I love how that's how we, that's how we refer to them. <laughs> well, because they were, you booked them on they MySpace, were, and did. like they didn't exist anywhere else. Nope. Like they were just, yeah, and they did really good. No, they really and did. It's kind of a trip to think like, wow, we we were like nobody, nobody bands. Like I remember we did this tour. It was like it was Carnifex, the Irish Front. Oh, man. And like Burning the Masses or something. Mm -hmm. Way back. Way, way back. back. This is 06. We, were, we went to Colorado Springs and played the Black Sheep, and it was like sold oh, out. Oh, man, dude. I love and I'm like, we didn't even do anything. Like, we was just <laughs> like, it's you like, know, what? and now it's like, oh, promote, do this, do that. Oh, yeah. You know, get close, you know. You got to do 100 different things now. Totally, yeah. But, dude, that's, yeah, no, that's, it's insane how the times have changed. That is for sure. Yeah. They have. I, I hope that like the kind of, you know, or, you know, early on, like, you know, deathcore bands sort of faced a lot of gatekeepers. And oh, a yeah. A lot of backlash and stuff. And so. Oh, I, yeah, definitely. That was like the whole first half of our career was basically just getting told that we're horrible. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's Jeez. not a joke. I, that's true. You that's know? insane, dude. <laughs> and uh, so I think like now I'm, I'm hoping that the sentiment has sort of come around and it's not yeah. you know people aren't living and dying on genre titles anymore yeah I, I think it's like i don't know i feel like deathcore had this like such like bad stigma to it that um it like turned people away from listening to a band you know yeah you know a lot of but i feel like i don't know i feel like it's it's there's like this new resurgence resurgence of deathcore right now i feel like you know, you got the brand of sacrifice, signs of the swarm, shadow of intent, like these newer guys. Yeah, newer bands, yeah, right? and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that that sort of like, you know, because we need fresh blood. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it needs. Like, if it's just the first generation, well, half of the first gen bands are gone now, or more, more than half. But yeah. yeah, yeah, or they're calming down on touring, or they're just like not doing much. I mean, so we need more of these bands coming out, and they're starting to change it totally. up too, and it's cool, man. It's like a fresh sound. You know, everyone, you know, has their own little, little something different they do in their music that makes them stand out a little bit. You know, when you hear like yeah. Shadow of Intent, you're like, oh, that's Shadow of Intent. When you hear like Brand of Sacrifice, you're like, that's Brand of Sacrifice, you know? So it's cool. Yeah, it's a good 
point. Maybe like the deathcore bands now are are kind of carving out more of like their their each of their own niche with mm-hmm. which within deathcore. Whereas that first that first wave of like local deathcore bands was was literally everyone's just like the biggest breakdown you can shitty blasty yeah. breakdown you know and it was slower lower yeah <laughs> lower tunings we can yeah be here <laughs> it's like it's we actually of... went up on our tunings on this new album we did went, you we went back to drop a oh, yeah shit what were you in before uh drop f f shit so you're going back to a i think a is a good tuning yeah we did all the records up to uh die without hope were drop a and then drop we did slow death war, war x and drop f and a little bit <laughs> yeah we we you know we had us uh you know our other guitarist was in the band at the time and and you know he was wanting to experiment with some other stuff and yeah so we were like yeah let's fucking do it let's try yeah, it but the fuck not? yeah now we're back to a four piece we're kind of just going back to to you know our sound you know yeah for sure i mean so I guess during this whole like downtime we've had, you guys just buckled down and started writing. I assume for this new record. Yeah, we really. No, we hadn't before because you know World War X was still very Fresh. new. Yeah, cycle. Yeah, we we very only did new. one tour on it. You oh, know, God. so wow, that's right. Was it Summer Slaughter? No, mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, wow. yeah. Uh, and then, well, we went to Europe. We did one run in Europe with. Oh, okay. We, direct for thy art that was that was jan feb that's right yeah uh, i forgot about that totally. so we got one in each territory and then the, the plug up hole yes it did <laughs> Big time. we were 12 hours away from bus call what was it really that wow yep because our, our tour do... started march 13th and the whole the date that it all came to a screech was march 12th that's right it was like the night of march 12th Right, so we we literally the whole crew, our TM, everyone had already flown in. Yeah, we already had like trailer packed, like, and it's just like, all right, let's fucking, you know, all right, trailers packed. We got about ten hours is bus call. Like everyone's just hanging, we're drinking, and then, you know, the inklings had been rolling in, but then, oh man, like it was really like that, like those twenty four hours, the eleventh and the twelfth was the only time like it even became came up. Yeah, and then just went away. I know. It, it was insane. It was like right up to when, you know, dipshit was like, we're closing the borders. And I right. was like, yeah, was, that was the 12th, right? I'm pretty sure it was like 12th or 13th. I remember yeah. watching it because, you know, everyone's texting me and shit, like saying he's, you know, a big announcement, blah, blah, blah. It was like 6 p.m. And then I turn it on. I think I watched it on YouTube and I was just like, fuck. Because yep. a week after your tour was going to start, I had Devastation on the Nation starting with three right. bands from Europe. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it was just like, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a fucking mess. But hey, we made it out alive. We're still here. We got a new Carnifex record coming. We got Carnifex oh, yeah. shows coming up. I mean, yeah. the shit's starting to turn around finally. Someone's racing down my street, I guess. Um, <laughs> god damn it but yeah no i'm stoked for the future i mean i think it's uh i think it's gonna turn shit around i feel like i think least. so I, I saw Corey taylor threw up his his uh solo tour and i sold out instantly yeah in may i think it's may yeah so yeah it, right it's no actually i think it's april he, oh i think it starts in april goes into may i'm pretty sure oh, okay. because i think i think I, th- I think i remember seeing the the may date be in dallas it was like two dallas dates he was doing at gas okay Monkey. yeah 
that's that's awesome and you know i'm not surprised like it's i kind of like i don't know roll my eyes a little bit when like there's like i saw the bt bam tour get announced and like you see the comments like can't wait for this to get canceled and stuff i'm just like <laughs> people like do you want it to get because like we're yeah. kind of past that, you know what i mean? think like, you know are. a lot of events have been going on yeah for because... like months right <laughs> oh yeah exactly i mean like about a, like i would say like a month month and a half ago i was kind of like I don't know, like, is it going to happen this year? And then things started looking better with the vaccine rollout and everything. And I'm like, oh, my friends are getting it. I'm about to get it, you know, and I'm like, okay, uh, this, this is looking good. I'm feeling better. I'm starting to feel more optimistic. And then, yeah. you know, then I was just, now I just started, you know, getting everybody on the phone, all my bands and shit, trying to get conver conversations going, catch up with agents. Bands going out this summer? Not this summer, actually. I think the earliest okay. is going to be September. All right. Yeah, a couple bands in September, then October, then November, and then so on into next year. Yeah. So. Yeah, we do. We have an, another U.S. run that kicks off uh, September third, which is also the release date of the album. Oh shit! Yep, I'm stoked yep. to hear this new Carnifex, man. <laughs> it's gonna be fucking. You no, know, I think it's good, man. Like I know, it, yeah, everyone band says that, but like, <laughs> yeah, but you know, there's something like there's something that's like different about this record because obviously our environment was extremely different for sure yeah I, big time i feel like the last couple records like especially on world war x like things had been going well for us yeah so we definitely had like a different point of view going into the construction of that record and our goals with that album i think were probably different than any other record we had done you know yeah like we were really trying to to break out and like become not, not leave deathcore but like try to take it with us up you know yeah. just i think we kind of just like tripped on the idea of like is the is the glass ceiling for deathcore summer slaughter like is that is that just it like yeah no like the upper echelon is just the, not gonna allow deathcore bands to tour with the big metal acts or what you yeah, know i know as i trip on that like i know, you know I forget just... like look at the other acts like I know. Which Deathcore band has ever supported Lamb of God or something? That's what I was saying. I, which episode was it? Um, I forget when when it was, but I had an episode. We talked about it, and I was just saying, like, you know, these bigger bands, you know, you look at, like, the Slipknot, Lamb of God and stuff. I'm like, they really got to start taking out these younger bands, these younger metal bands, okay. because, you know, when so, Lamb of God's done touring, Slipknot's done touring, you know what I'm saying? Trivium's done touring. All these bands are done touring because, you know, you get older, you kind of, right. you know, you get tired of it or you can't really do it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, who's, who's the yeah. next wave? Who's going to fill those big ass rooms. It's like, you got to get these, you got, you know, Carnifex signs, you know, everybody in, in front of those other fans. I couldn't agree more. And I kind of trip on that and I just chalk it up to really, it's just, it's probably the, the same people running the show when we started at the, yeah. up at the top, you know? And the reality is, is I think, I think those people just think deathcore is a joke and they just, they just don't, they're not going to let it fraternize with real metal. You yeah, know what I mean? Like is... The core band can't open for Lamb of God. Cause that, you know, that'll ruin the show. If you put that shit, <laughs> which I'm not kidding man, at I all. Guess. I know. I know you're not kidding. It's what's <laughs> fucking ridiculous to me. And it's right. Like... It's like, uh, oh, okay, cool. So the gatekeepers at the top want to, yeah. want to crush the, the biz. That's cool. Great. I feel like you guys really pushed it, like pushed the boundaries though. Like you definitely have tried. Yeah. Tried. Like, more like death metal. Like it's, it's, I love it. I think the band just got better in my opinion, because I love the most recent Carnifex over the old Carnifex. 
Like I go back to old Carnifex, I'm like, yeah, this is cool. You know, I remember loving this growing up, and then I listened to like the new, you know, the latest record, World War X, mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is so much better. This is just well, so much more mature. We're self-taught musicians, it. too. Yeah, you know. know, like you know, none of us went to real Berkeley school of music. <laughs> yeah, you're all like self-taught, right? We, there wasn't even right. YouTube. Like we were yeah. literally bedroom jammers that would throw on Cannibal and just try to figure the riff out. Like yeah, that's what and then try to from. write your own stuff and then totally then eventually did. <laughs> yeah, I mean all all, right. all that all dead in my arms was was you know Cannibal Corpse and Bleeding Through. Yeah, that's it. Like yeah. that, that was I mean, all those were the bands we were about, and we just said, well, let's do a Cannibal riff, let's do a Bleeding Through breakdown, let's do a, you know a Cannibal Slam riff, let's do a, a Metalcore riff. <laughs> Was, you yeah, know. let's throw it all together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think you guys nailed it. It's funny because um when I posted about this episode, right? Like a few days ago. Um years ago, it was you guys, it was Carnifex, Kill Whitney Dead, few other mm. bands. Oh wait. Do you remember that band? Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. That's that tour, awesome. I mean that tour, not that band. Um I booked it, me and this dude, Eric Powell, who's a booking agent too. Um, right you know i feel like you know you might know who eric is right i do yeah yeah me and him grew up together in the same area poughkeepsie new york like a little bit south of poughkeepsie so he's a little bit younger than me but uh anyway we started like he became like my assistant at my old agency and Mm -hmm. uh then we started doing like shows together and then we found i remember we were gonna do put that tour we got off of that tour i have no idea who the fucking agent was but i can't remember that it it was dude from java jazz in houston uh is it yeah, it totally was. I can't think of his name, but that was the agent. Oh, okay. David, Dan, something like that? I think so, yeah. Oh, guy. Okay. Anyway, um, Eric was like, yo, so I got to connect at this like place at Bowdoin Park, which is like a little bit south of Poughkeepsie. They have like this big cabin with a stage. Like We just got to bring in our own PA and all that shit and get it set up. And But we can get it for ch- way cheaper than Chance because the Chance was really fucking pricey. <laughs> I can't chance yeah i know (laughs) it was fun growing (laughs) up there was a lot of good shows a lot of good shows more so in the smaller rooms not the big room we didn't care about (laughs) but we got that room and we put the tour in there and it fucking was wild i don't think the park knew what type of music we were bringing there (laughs) so that's another one of those kind of like myspace tours that just fucking popped and like there was no no YouTube pre roll ads, no IG, no ad, like, no, this campaign, is, ad campaign, nothing. No, this is literally, I, I, every when I was a promoter, it was always, I printed out hundreds of flyers, you know, good amount of posters to post up at places like Hot Topic and all that shit because they let you do it then. And, uh, right. and then handing out flyers at shows. That's what it was. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, the show fucking crushed. And, uh, I think that was the only show we ever did there. <laughs> so I'm, pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're like, yeah, we don't. Yeah, it's, it's a little too crazy for us here, you know? Right. But it was fun. It was like, yo, we did a show at Bowdoin Park at this fucking cabin. <laughs> like, with these yeah. bands. This is wild. But, uh, yeah, I remember our, that shit was, that was good times. Good times back then. <laughs> it was, man. It was. You know, it's kind of like, it was kind of different, too, because I think, I don't know what's changed, but now it's just like there's just so many extra people working on everything, and like to get your stuff anywhere is like, oh man, it's not just post it and people find it anymore. It's yeah. like you have to play the game that the app wants, and every app wants a different game. And it doesn't even really matter. What you're, yeah, it's like <laughs> it's not. Stupid. 
it's not about your band anymore. It's about how you can like, you know, play the game with the apps and stuff. And mm-hmm. that that's a little annoying, but yeah, yeah I like, guess that's just how it is. It's like we're used to it, but now, but it's like back then when you're using MySpace, a band could put up a bulletin and that bulletin will be seen by so many fucking people. Right. Like remember when your entire fan base would see what you used to post? Yes, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like everyone would what see that time post. We were in. Yeah. <laughs> what a it's the best times and we didn't even know it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Never now they're like, oh, 600,000 followers? Well, we'll show mm, a thousand of them. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. See yeah. You're, <laughs> like, you're gonna get why? yeah, I know. You're gonna get like a maybe a thousand likes on this. <laughs> But six hundred thousand people chose to sign. Well, never yeah, mind that. Never mind that. One thousand. But if you pay us, oh. maybe we'll show two thousand. Yeah, yeah. Well, you want your six hundred thousand people to see it? Okay, spend fifty grand. <laughs> oh yeah, right. For your whole thing, it's just like you, yeah, it's insane. Running ads on Facebook, I've done so many, and like I'll just like fuck around and put like fifty grand and see how many people it'll reach, and it's like wow, you really have got to pay fifty grand to see like every make everyone see this, huh? <laughs> it's a scam. Yeah, it's a scam. It's the most fucked shit ever. <laughs> and yeah, and then you go over to Spotify, and it's like we're begging people to listen to us on an app that pays us nothing. Exactly. Like, we, we just got played. So like, yeah. musicians are just so fucking played. Dude. It's it unbelievable. It's a Spotify shit. I had a rant about that like over a month ago, and I was just like, bands. You so I was talking to one of my close friends, right? And uh, he works in the music industry. I'm not going to say his name. Or I'll tell you behind the scenes. But anyway, his close friend knows a lot of what's going on with Spotify. The head guy yeah. left metal, uh, the metal you know department, right? Or he got fired. It was one or the other. I don't know for sure. Don't quote me on it. And then, yeah. And uh, I think there was like a couple, there was like two or three good metal playlists that just literally got deleted. And uh and, it, you know, I think it's coming back around now. There's making new ones or whatever. But that's really beside it. But besides the point, well, it's mostly, dude, it's like we're all these bands are pushing Spotify, 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 right? But, dude, how much are you getting paid from them? Why are you promoting it so hard? The only reason we're promoting it is because it's the new metric that the industry is going to throw in your face for yeah why you're not going to get what you got last time, you know, why you're going to open for this band that started six weeks ago. It's like, you know, it's, it's their new way of leveraging you. Yeah. Just like board was dude straight you know? up. That's why I like, I, I got title and I, it titles like pretty cool. Like they're adjusting things and it's working better and it sounds better to be honest with you. But out of all the apps, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure titles like number one that pays the most to bands. That's probably why it's like the least popular. Then. It's one of the least popular <laughs> like ones. And it sucks because it's like, it's actually a pretty decent app. It's pretty similar to Spotify's app. And mm-hmm. uh, I think they're going to, I feel like they're going to make changes to make it more like Spotify's app, which would make sense because I feel like if, if they do something like that, where it's similar and maybe possibly better, more people will go over to title, but it's so hard, yeah. man. you know, like Spotify is like a, uh, kind of like you know uh, i don't know like how myspace was everyone used it and everyone uses spotify spotify or you know second in the list is that apple you know apple music which yeah I, I that's what that. i use it yeah which i i've used it too before but i just didn't really like the app that much but we can go on for days about this shit 
Yeah, you, you know, and for, it's, it's kind just, of funny. It's like we're we're talking shit on Spotify, but at the same time, our entire campaign's sole goal for the new album is Spotify. Yeah, boost Spotify subscribers, like, like get on the playlist. So it's, you know, yeah, yeah, and I'm glad. You know, you mentioned the dude left or got canned, and it's like I'm glad because uh, what was happening over there was. It, those guys were basically using their curator status to try to like flex on everyone. Yeah. And what they ended up doing was alienating managers, artists, and labels because you're fucking DJ. You don't have power. Be quiet. Sit down. You know what I mean? Exactly. And they, you know, they, someone said, hey, you're in charge of this. And those guys just, you know, took it upon themselves to decide what was and what wasn't cool in that moment. And mm -hmm. they fucked up and they got rid of them for it. And I'm glad they did because yeah, that's, that's good. It's not how you build bands. It's not how you build an app. That's already predatory, you know? Yeah. Big time. It's like, here's a predatory app. Let's get an asshole to uh, <laughs> try to convince people to, to get, send their fan base there. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, no, man, it. it's not going to fucking yeah, work so that way. I'm, I'm glad they got rid of that. And now Spotify oh, good. is, they got like an olive branch to their artists now. And they're saying, you know, we'll give you covers and, and placement and this on new releases. If, if you push your fan base. So, so they're trying to like okay. work with artists now. Yeah. Rather than, you know, the dickhead kicking back saying, you know, impress me. Yeah. Which, <laughs> impress me. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, yeah that is, <laughs> that is better for sure. I mean, I hope, you know, it stays that way, you know, because they're, yeah, there are a lot. I mean, of you, can look, that you can look it. at like those curators and like they're they're trying to push what they like. Yeah, and they're old and they have a corporate gig, and exactly. it's like, dude, and like think about how these new genres pop up. It's because yeah. of fans and grassroots, you know. Exactly, man. You're not fucking wrong about that. But so, yeah, anyway, yeah. So we're like, yeah. You know, I say all that to say this: make sure you listen to the new record on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> they fucked up, but that's where we are. <laughs> And if you like the damn record, at least buy it. I try to buy it. Yeah, as much I, as I, I think can. it'll rip. We got good art too. We got great artists. God Machine again, mm. and uh, you know ass. it's a fifteen-track album too. Damn, fifteen, nice. Yeah, fifteen. So you we did a long one. Fuck in. We did. We really did. We were just like, because we weren't really happy with with how World War X performed. Yeah, no, it did. And perform so real good. Well, it underperformed to our expectation. Huh. So I think people loved it, though, from the feedback that I saw. But well, I mean, maybe I got mixed feelings on it because, like, we never got to take that album really on the road. Be, That's also know. true. You didn't really. And have, so, yeah, you didn't properly. Yeah, like, in my mind, like, the fans like never got to validate the songs live. Yeah. Like, we never got to see like the like pop off at that one part. So it, we kind of didn't get. You know, the full experience. Uh, the normal yeah, guess. yeah, you know, you're right, actually. So I keep forgetting, yeah, it came out August 2019, and you literally did Slaughter and a Euro tour, and that was it. Yeah, well, and we went to South America with Slipknot, but yeah. Oh, shit. No way. Why? How did yeah, I forget was, about uh, that? When was that? Was that before December, Europe? Oh. Yeah, December 3, 4, 5. Damn. How were those shows with Slipknot? They were fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> they were <laughs> I mean, yeah. there we yeah, Costa Rica and and Brazil and uh, wow, they fucking popped off and Slipknot guys were cool as fuck. They came like they came over and like shook our hands, said hi because we were we had like a general catering. It was just a four yeah. man bill. Oh, okay. So uh, yeah, they were super nice to us. Said what's up. They're you know they're 
their GM wasn't like a dickhead or anything to us. Nothing it was cool. Yeah, it was chill. That's fucking yeah. They awesome. were real nice to us, and the show fucking went off. So I could it was imagine. Great. We watched their show after, and I was like, "Holy fuck, these yeah. guys just killed it!" Dude, Did they, they still just... crush it? Dude, that Costa Rica show fucking popped. I, really? I've seen Slipknot a few times now, but yeah, the place was just there's probably twenty thousand people there, and you know they're all there for Slipknot. Oh yeah, man, and just went off like the whole crowd. It's like one of those shows where like the whole crowd is like knows the choruses. You know, and you're like, that's a lot of voices. Holy shit! <laughs> it's like, like holy shit, can't even hear. Yeah, chords. Like, it doesn't sound like that when our crowd sings our, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we thought it sounded good on the Hell Chose Me part. Then you hear like. You know the psychosocial left behind, and you're just oh, like, dude, yeah. this is a fucking soccer arena right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Did they? Cool. Does Slipknot know you guys did that cover? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. We actually permitted on on Warp Tour 17. We uh, were we were DMing with Corey, uh, and we were trying to set up a thing to where he could come and perform it with us on one of the dates, and. It didn't get too far. He was like open to the idea, but then obviously just schedules are nuts because yeah. it was summer. But, oh. but he heard it. He's like, "Yeah, you guys, good job." He like, uh, I remember he quote he quote tweeted it on Twitter because a fan was like, "Hey man, did you hear the new cover?" And he was like, "Yeah, good job, guys and stuff." And from that, we like hit him up and we're like, "In chance you want to jam it with us at <laughs> one of these stops?" And he was like, "Yeah, we'll check my schedule." And then you know it didn't work, but he was super cool about it. That's rad, at least. Yeah, he's a cool guy. So no what's, friendly. uh, we had a question, uh, from Ruma dad, Josh, what, um, what was it? What's the theme for the new record? Is there any sort you know, of the theme? theme? Yeah. It's nihilism straight up. I, and I think it kind of goes back kind of to what I was saying on, a, a moment ago about how we were, things were kind of good when we wrote world war X, which yeah, that, you know, that can sort of change the art you create sometimes, you know, it's like, it's like the, the fighter who who's rich now, right? When yeah. the dude was broke and all he cared about was just getting to the belt, he scraps like an animal. But then a couple of years in, things are good. It's like, hey, you know, take your foot off the gas a little bit. Like, I don't need to go so hard. Yeah, for sure. I kind of did that on World War X. Um, and then also the theme that I embraced on World War X, the war theme, the dystopian you know, like world. And like, you mm -hmm. know, all my previous lyrics on the old records are very older records are like very um you might like micro focus like i'm really trying to zero in on like specific moments and then like you know pull them apart and, and mm -hmm. like really put it under a, a microscope yeah but then on War x i went the opposite i was like let's just catch everything as fucking huge and epic and like really you know pull back and just see the whole scale of, of this but kind of try to still work my lyrical themes in and yeah, I think the reality is is that theme didn't really connect with the audience. Um, no, you don't think so. It might. It, it didn't seem to really connect with the audience. Like, I mean, we love like the war shit and war movies and all that stuff. And I think when we, you know, when we look at like like Sabaton and Arch Enemy and like Testament, some of the, like the, the some of these ones. like you know bigger acts where we, we are trying to get to that level where you know. So where I'm like, well, maybe my songs are like too like personal and like sad boy, and we'll try to like go with some more general metal themes, you know, Yeah. Um, to, to just try to like uh, kind of bring in more metal heads outside of like deathcore kids. Mm -hmm. um, but I, maybe we ended up like diluting our, you know, piss and vinegar. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And on this record, we went, we went full back to just fucking nihilism and, 
and I you know it. like our mix is way aggressive i think the mix was way too safe on the last record yeah. productions were aggressive i went way gnarlier with my voice fuck. um hell yeah i would just like we're like we just cranked it the fuck up yeah and also we're pissed because you know we're all broke sitting at home and sort of <laughs> having existential crises you yeah, know exactly <laughs> so, dude it's like let's just write an angry fucking record and fuck everyone <laughs> exactly that's the way to fucking do it man that's what we did i'm stoked to hear it um so i guess like let's go back to like you growing up and like how you got into like metal music so like when was that for you yeah. well so would you say? going back you know i kind of grew up in a, a very strict household yeah. um you know my yeah it's just very strict, strict. households like kind of military family so it was like i'm you know it's pretty much you didn't you didn't get a pat on the back for the things you did right it mm -hmm. was like oh you didn't do that that was the thing you did wrong go fix it and yeah. so i think you know from that i kind of um you know, on top of that like i didn't really so get the chance to socialize a whole lot and um i had an older sit my older sister was really into grunge um oh, you know God. through the so born in 84 so like through yeah. the later night mid 90s i started really getting into what she was listening into so from about from about when Kurt, like just before he died, and then when he killed himself, I was yeah. like started to get into grunge. So I'm like 11 years old here, 10, 11. As a huge grunge fan from the like 10, 11, 12. And then from there, I found um, like White Zombie and Cradle of Filth and Dimmable Gear. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Manson, Nine Inch Nails, I'd already been a big fan. I was a big Pumpkins fan. So I, I had started, you know, grunge is also kind of like goth adjacent. Like it's yeah. very nihilistic, kind of like a fuck oh, the world. And so I sort of segued from grunge and, the you know, those type of themes and that type of kind of like down feeling music into Cradle, into Jimmy, into Cannibal, you know, NIN, Manson, White Zombie, um, Just went from KMFDM. There. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that you know all the kind of like 90s goth kid stuff yeah I so by that. like 98 or 99 i was like full-on metal kid like i when i went to my first freshman year <laughs> i was just like you know full goth kid i like purple hair like the cradle <laughs> filter i was wearing like fishnets on my arms like yes. i would take my sister's <laughs> fishnet stockings and then like pull them up on my arms and like put, you know put my hands through the end and stuff and yeah i was yeah. wearing like high doc martens tucked in you know i was just oh, doing man. everything to just get the fuck you vibe off um <laughs> I love that it. obviously worked well in high school so i got shit on a lot and and that oh, yeah, was a great time and you know no no attention from any girls of course like just couldn't be more uncool <laughs> you know and i was like it's super true man tall. it's true yeah i wasn't cool you yeah. know <laughs> I wasn't cool at all Same, and man. uh yeah, so I think I was I really got I really just threw myself into the into metal at that point. So yeah. from like 98, 99 on, like you know, Cradle and Dimu and all, like I really got into black metal, so Satyricon and uh, Emperor Dissection. Oh yeah. Uh, really at, you know, it's not black metal, but you know, Swedish metal. I was yeah, really fucking into those bands. And so like uh one of my first bands, uh Anastasis, I was like, yeah, you know, 14 years old. We were wearing corpse paint and shit. I actually posted a picture on my IG a while back. Did uh, you? My very first day. Yeah, it was like nine ninety-nine. We we're like full corpse painted out. Um <laughs> I gotta go. And so, That's rad. Yeah, we, we were going for it. And then uh I dropped out in two thousand. So I made it 
So I basically failed ninth grade. I got like a, a D oh, in ninth yeah. grade, failed math. I went into 10th grade and they're like, well, we don't want to hold you back. Yeah. So what right. we do is we're gonna make you take your retake the ninth grade classes that you failed again mm -hmm. while taking your 10th grade classes. I did and the same exact thing. No joke. Oh, I dropped out. So yeah, I dropped. Well, I, did, I, did I, did I did it for two months, and I'm like, yeah. "This is horseshit." I'm, yeah. I'm out. I dropped so out I during eleventh grade. Yeah, uh, dropped out then, and then I was just all about bands. I was in this band called Incinerate that that I thought was doing do well. We we did a little bit of touring. We opened first a couple like national acts. Yeah, but um. Ultimately, our, our drummer and our, and our keyboardist, like they were in a relationship, and then that, you know, Ended. she cheated on him or something, so that fell apart. So the band fell apart. It just crashed. Yeah, um, yeah, and that was so. That's like oh, that's like oh two, oh three, right in there. Um, and then I basically just gave up on bands. I think yeah, you know, I had oh, tried really? to do some bands that just just never panned we, out. They were panned. Like the I think one of the best things we did with Incinerate was we we opened for uh, Under Oath one time. Mm. Uh, Under Oath, Tantrum of the Muse, and Narcissist. It was uh, oh wow, it's like two thousand two. Yeah. Under Oath was on the rise of the past. Yeah, the cycle. There are the yeah, so that earlier. Yeah, they're doing really black metal. Yeah, trying to be black metal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we played in the the basement of a job employment agency in Fontana. That's oh wait, a basement of where? And it, it was the basement of a job employment, like a temp employment agency oh. in Fontana, California. What the fuck? They allowed yep. a Under show there. Of abuse, narcissist, and incinerate. <laughs> that is so bizarre, dude. It was, but you know, Under Oath wasn't Under Oath. No, no, yeah. it was a completely different band, dude. They're just, uh, they're just, uh, yeah, they're just actually they're a deathcore band. They know I mean, honestly, that, but Rise of the Act of Depression, those are deathcore records. Yeah, no, they, they definitely they are. are. They're not. Black yeah. Metal. <laughs> no, no, no. They're they're but, hardcore kids playing death metal and black metal. Mm -hmm. That's deathcore. You know, <laughs> it's literally what it uh, is. Yeah, yeah. And that so I, yeah, I was trying to do some other, like try to get some bands going, but you know, nothing really popped. And then, um, so I kind of took a break from bands. I was was working at, at a mortuary. I worked in a mortuary yeah, for three years. Um, and then in '05, um, I think I had started working like this construction gig, and I was like doing a lot of street racing, like car stuff. Oh, really? I ended up meeting. Our first guitarist, Rick, our very, very first guitarist uh, at, at these street races. Uh, okay. We are just like racing old cars and shit. Yeah. And and whatever, he's like, I'm having a party at my place. And we both live in the same town in Fallbrook. Yeah. And so I went over to his place and I met his roommate, who was Sean. Uh, oh. Our Yeah. I, and he, he had like a drum, you know, he had like the the Slipknot drum set set up in his bedroom. <laughs> he's a huge Joey Jordison fan. In his you know? bedroom? So he's like, out like drumming like joey which yeah at the time was fucking perfect because for you know, sure dude. In five, joey was like the metal drummer you dude, know yes yes he was dude uh, yeah so it just so i met sean and mm -hmm. like he had like you know metal posters all over his room you know rick was like a metal head too and then i was like dude i've been like in a bunch of bands as a screamer and i mean i like all this shit too like we should fucking jam and that's carnifix yeah and it just all bloomed from there yeah, uh, you know, our first guitarist and bass player, like, they, they all had, had, like, family day jobs and shit. So yeah. it kind of got to the point where, like, after, like, a couple of months, you know, sh we put some stuff up on MySpace, and we were, like, really trying to play local gigs. Yeah. You know, Sean had really been trying to get a band of hop for a long time. So 
him and I were both like all about like the pre-sale, like we'll fucking pre-sale tickets. We don't care. We'll go flyer the show, all the shows the week before. We don't care. Yeah. And then like the dudes had fams at nine to five, like they got kids like that are, you know, in school and shit. So uh, it was just kind of a thing where it was like, well, we're going to fucking go for it. And so we got to yeah. just get dudes that can just go for it. And it wasn't like a bad breakup or nothing. It was just that transition from like, like weekend band to like serious band and yeah, not that's, I mean, that's what, yeah, not everyone can do that sort of thing. Right. And those guys' lives were like, you know, they got like gigs and kids and mortgages. And it's like, yeah, let's just go bounce for a week. And they're like, what are you talking about? You know, <laughs> <laughs> but me and John, you know, we were like, you know, unfettered. And really, we just cared about the band. So, you know, bouncing out on some construction gig wasn't really that big of a deal. Yeah, exactly. And we both, me and Sean both worked at the same place. Like, oh, you guys did? So they were like, like were they like fine with you guys just going or did they, were they just, no, like, we had to quit, but Oh, you had to quit. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's just like, we're just like loading semi trucks and oh, helping right. contractors like pick out their fucking, you know, all their, it was a commercial construction supply yard. Oh, okay. So, all right. Yeah. It wasn't like anything, you know, especially <laughs> we're just rocking forklifts and moving concrete and blocks and loading flatbeds. And That's that was the extent of it. Yeah good pay you know that stuff paid pretty well good. honestly yeah that that is good pay especially like when you're younger too yeah so like i think that was good for the band too because like me and sean were like we you we're know we basically money. just like the money we made we just put into the band so we bought a band oh, you know okay. we would like when cory when cory joined you know he didn't have like uh like touring level gear so we're like fuck it let's get the fucking P the pv 5152 yep. the mesa 4 like we just wanted to just like all Band, you know yeah yeah and you guys just wanted to go all in on it totally yeah, yeah. And, we, and we did i mean honestly that's like when i think when you guys came out with like dead in my arms that was just like when shit really started taking off like i started like i started seeing carnifex's name like everywhere we were yeah we were in pretty hard i guess like november 06 was when we went that's when we started touring because that's when we quit yeah. our gigs november of 06 and we had we put out that ep that very first ep oh, the ep yeah the very, very first one was like, we recorded that in like some like December or November of 05. Mm -hmm. And then in like March or April of 06, we put up the second one. And the second EP was the one that really got noticed. That was the one that had collaborating like Killers on it, uh, Slit Risk Savior, Love Lies in Ashes, yeah. and uh, My Heart and Atrophy. Um, and that was when the MySpace popped. Yes. Was then. And, that was like yeah, we did time. Yeah. And then, and then we did. Uh, Dead in my arms after that. Right after, yeah. And then you released that on what was it? This city is burning. Yeah, it was this city is burning, and then they got bought by Uprising, and then Uprising oh, sold to Sony. So now, actually, it's kind of funny you bring that record up and that label up because we were trying to buy that album back. Oh, okay. Um, but fucking Sony owns it now, of all things, because now it's more. When we went, like... went to Uprising, uh, they had a. Uh, Fallout Boys, like first two releases, mm -hmm. yeah, and, yeah, uh, that's how. Phil White Ramen, Sony, they wanted, they wanted those. So, dude was like, buy the whole catalog, and they did. And so we went with it, and so now, like, Dead in My Arms is owned by Sony, and we we tried to have a conversation with them, and they're literally like, getting the lawyers on this is not even worth it to us. So, go away. What uh, the fuck? Yeah. So NB's trying to do it now. Really? But that, you know, that yeah. got stolen from us. Anyway, what? we yeah. never made a pen ever, ever. You, you never we what? Never 
one cent from. You never that got album. a cent from that fucking record. And I think it's at twenty three k physical. Wow, it's probably hard as fuck to find that physical now, though. Mm, it should be out of print. It's yeah. on eBay for like fifty sixty bucks. Yeah, that's insane, dude. That's fucking. Yeah, hard. we never did a vinyl or anything like that, so yeah. we're trying to get our hands back on it, but. It's just another example of like how predatory the biz is. Like it is, you know, dude, because it's so stupid. It's just like, dude, just give the record back. It's like, well, the fact that we never—I mean, it was our album. We paid six hundred dollars to create that album. That's what it cost. Two days in the studio, three hundred bucks a day. Wow. Um, we did the whole album in two days. Two fucking. We days. paid for it ourselves. Yeah. And then it was stolen from us by these, by the city, by Uprising, and then now Sony owns it, but. Only because the first two labels basically robbed us of it. Pretty Never much. paid us ever. Never got a cent on that record ever. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I, I've, I've heard this. I've heard stories and stories of bands with this shit. Same, same shit. So it sucks. Or similar, yeah. yeah. And then, I guess the whole Victory Records shit was a shit show. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it maybe was, not yeah, at we, first, but oh, no, it went off the rails quick. Like wow. we signed with them in. So there was two releases for Dead in My Arms. There was like the, because we were actually recorded that album in like 2006. And then the first version came out was the road version. Oh. So you'll see a version out there. I think it's, I can't remember now because it's been a while. Yeah. One of them was the Digipack. So the store version is the Digipack and the Jewel Case was the road version. Oh, okay. Yeah. We, brought we took it out on the road in like June. Sold through probably two or 3,000 copies. And then the actual, uh, in store one came out in September of 07. Okay, got you. And then we got signed in November of 07. Got you. Yeah. To victory. To victory. And then Victory won a record like now. Yeah. And we're like, but they rushed this came out. They're like, we don't care. We want an album now today. Oh so, my God. Yeah, by by January, by February of 08. So yeah, this is just a couple months after after Dead of My Arms came out. We we're at Zeus's studio in. Massachusetts nice. doing doing disease and the poison. Yeah, that's right. I forgot you recorded that with Zeus. Yeah, horrible experience, unfortunately. That's um, <laughs> it. Wasn't great. No, I mean that's why we was... have never got back to that producer. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and I, I mean I'm not, and this is not to disparage him. It's just the experience. I don't know that he knew we were making a deathcore record. Oh, uh... so we tried to like do deathcore stuff, and he's like, "Whoa, hey, stop! What, what are you doing, dude? You can't <laughs> hold the mic." You can't, you can't cup, you, you stop. And it's like, Sean, like try, trying to do gravity to be like, no, what are you doing, dude? You can't do that. No, we need to slow this down. 195. And I just don't think he knew we were making like, no, dude, we're making a shitty deathcore record. Like it's supposed to be pushed. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's supposed to be like over the like top. A little more than what you normally do. Yeah, but, exactly. It just, yeah. yeah we kind of got shot it down. So that sucks. So I don't really care for that album either, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> How many records did you release uh, on Victory? Three, four. We did, we were on Victory for seven years, and we released three albums. Damn. So we did. Yeah, it was Disease, yeah. and then Hell Chose Me came out. Yeah. Which again, they totally fucked the release up. Um, oh. but it still did great in spite of them. Yeah. Which no, really is kind of like, I think that's kind of like the anthem of this band is we've gotten fucked so many times and we still do great in spite of it. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow, <laughs> you know, and, yeah, it turns around for you. Or we just fucking find our way through it. Yeah, so you just find Hell, our way through it all. By the time we got to Hell Chose Me, we were already like not in a good place because we had a on the uh, Disease and the Poison touring cycle 
our van broke down and our transmission blew up oh, and we went to that for tour support and basically said like fuck you we're like uh we just had a record come out on billboard we're out here promoting this thing our transmission exploded we're on the side of the road in indiana and you guys won't do any anything anything ultimately they sent us six hundred dollars on i couldn't even tell you how many thousands the bill was and to this day oh to God. this day from that 08 six hundred dollars carnifex never ever ever not hyperbole never received another penny from them wow. uh all in all we've sold over well, when we got off the label, we had sold ninety three thousand albums for them between Holy the three shit. records, and they only gave you now, that six hundred bucks. And that was tour support. Tour support, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fully recoupable. So yeah. they didn't give it to us. They yeah, they loaned they... it to us at a uh, you know eighty eight percent interest rate, basically, which is extremely predatory because yeah, you pay it back at royalty rate. And yeah, was, our yeah. Royalty rate was like twelve percent. Yep. Yep. So we're only paying it back at 12 cents on the dollar. Mm. Our interest technically is 88%. How that's not illegal. I don't even I don't get know. it. Yeah. It's, it's... But I think it illustrates to you that they're, they're just vampires straight up. Pretty Lawyers much, write those contracts to extract money from the band to the point of death. Like literally. Is that literally. What, is that what like broke the band up? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so I'll, I'll tell you the, the story. We so you know we do the three records. Every record, I, I could go in depth on each problem with each record. But basically, every record we would do, they would find another reason to fuck us over. So hell chose me. We had the Atticus Metal tour that was scheduled for March and April. Yeah, okay. it was a really great tour for us. Yeah, one of the like better tours we landed up until that point. Yeah, and we had a release date set for March sixteenth. For no reason whatsoever, they moved it to February 16th when we are not on tour. In fact, we were on a plane coming back from Europe. What? Tell those things out, everybody. What? What do you? Yes. What? Your confusion is because that's what they did makes no sense. It's It doesn't help the band. It doesn't help the label. It helps absolutely no one. But because they're inept, clueless, and greedy, shit it out as soon as you can. Let's make the money now. But it'll be less. Well, yeah. money now is better than business in their eyes. I mean, clearly, that's yeah. How that's how they ran victory. Money now is better than good business. So if they can make $5 now, forget the $500 we'll make next week. Yeah. Get that yeah. 5 right now. Yeah. Because we need that money now. Yes. Yeah. Quick, before someone fucking sues us. Yeah. Again, 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 again. How many dude, times have they been sued? He's dude. You know, how many times have they lost? ADTR just won four and a half million dollar royalty settlement. I know. If that doesn't tell you what kind of criminals these people are, straight up criminals, then they are. The Tony was the worst, man. A judge sat down and said, Victory Records, you've been lying to this band the entire time. Not only did you lie, you stole four and a half million dollars in royalties from them. You owe it. Mm -hmm. That's every fucking band they've stolen from. And only a few of it had the money to take them to court to prove it. Yeah, we're one Is of that. Them, but we don't have the money. To yeah, I mean, dude, that lawsuit with Data Remember Victor that went on for quite some time. I'm mean, not like too too because victory, victory has money, and oh, they know yeah. when you can't win, you stall. You stall. The first rule of the lawyer: you can't yeah. win, stall. Stall it out, and they can't Drag win because they're yeah. breaking the law. So yeah. they stall, stall and steal. That's that's how they work. Yep. And they stole all the. They, we sold ninety three thousand records for them. You can figure out how much money they made, stole all the inventory, stole all of our royalties from it. 
Um, they had our merch that whole time. Oh Do yeah, on that. Never sent, dude. I would I would guess they made millions off of us. They had to. And at this point, what's it's just the, the best part, the cherry on top for victory. All the fucking money they made on us. I still get statements from them saying we owe them sixty thousand dollars in recoup. Dude, now get stop. this. We did three records for them. Each record budget was twenty thousand. We sold ninety three thousand records. Dude, you I can tell you how many thousands and thousands of t-shirts we sold. Yeah, they on only top of gave that. us sixty thousand six hundred dollars, but we still owe them six hundred or six thousand. Sixty thousand. It's 60, like sixty thousand. What, what fucking math is this, you assholes? It's theft, pure and simple. So I can't believe you still we'll get, get statements. Oh, you still get statements. Of course, it's cookbooks, dude. Yeah, I know. It's just so funny. You always get statements. And then the judge goes, actually, you owe these guys four and a half million, you fucking crooks. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so they're thieves. And Big time. maybe we can prove it someday when we have money. But unfortunately, the court system is about how much money you have, not if it you is, dude. It would cost a whole lot of fucking money. Right. So, all right. So that's that our style with victory. And then to get off, yeah. we had this. Record, a cumulative record sale clause. So our first two albums were albums, like just regular old deals, and then our second two were options based on cumulative sales. Gotcha. Yeah. We got to our fourth option, so that re- so the record after until I feel nothing, which was a flop. You know, until I feel nothing was a turd. Um, and we had we <laughs> were you know, it didn't sell. Yeah. Victory shit it out. Didn't do anything. Their their promotional just- plan for was you had to give them a like on Facebook, the Victory Facebook. You had oh. to like it in order. And that was like, that was literally the they only were doing that thing. Wow. Like, what? That isn't a plan, first of all, but uh, great. So they shit yeah. that thing out. It flopped. No surprise. Our, uh, our manager, we fired our manager. Yeah. And then our manager called our agent and said, well, you have to drop Carnifex. He did. Um, and then we decided to basically just throw up that hiatus thing in essence to just devalue ourselves to victory because we didn't want them to find any reason to like try to go through this. Cause we put, we sent them a, a termination agreement. Yeah. The lawyer we had was like, you know, we can read in the contract here that there is no language saying who has this option other than the cumulative sales figure. So if you can present something, let us know. Otherwise, this is our notice that we fulfilled our contract. And we were really nervous for a while, but literally they never, ever fucking responded to us. Oh and so we God. said, peace. Well, we got them. We got them and they knew it. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah. And, and we also were, we already put out our hiatus thing. So we were like, you know, they're playing their games. We're playing ours. Yeah. You know? Fuck around. Let's go. Yeah. No. And we did. And, and so we got off, thankfully. Yeah, but that whole cool. time we were writing Die Without Hope, you know, low key secret. Yeah. And then NB was on it like white on rice as soon as we were like, hey, we're we're, off. we're single. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're like, single. Toronto's like, <laughs> man. For a while. Yeah. yeah. Was it? Yeah. No, he's good. He's good people. The whole label. I mean, signing the nuclear blast, how was that? Was that just like so Amazing. refreshing for you guys? Like, this is a team that wants the band to do well because they know we're in a mutually beneficial relationship. You would think that would be business 101. Victory never, ever grasped that concept. 
No, ever. no, that's all I ever heard about any band on Victory. It was never like that. They, they, they weren't even a good business. No, he was just good at finding a band that was going to pop and then putting them in a contract that would steal all their money. Yeah, it was only skilly. That's all he had. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Allegedly, a greedy piece of shit. And that's that's totally. literally it. That's yeah. him. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's it. Greed. That's greed. greed. I mean, real unoriginal. Exactly. And when we got on NB, yeah. it wasn't like that. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like that at all. Those those guys wanted to see the band do well. They want us to have great records. They want us to work with the artists that we want to work with and all these other things. And that was another thing. When we were on Victory, like yeah. anytime you try to work with another artist, mm-hmm. Victory would come in with all these stipulations. And so the artists that we would like want to do a cover for us. Oh, yeah, like artwork. Were, yeah. Yeah, Victory would be like, no, the artist has no ownership of this, can't use it, can't have a print of it, can't do anything. We own Victory owns it forever. And the artist would be like, Yeah, I don't want to do your guys' cover. Yeah, man. And so we're like, oh, cool. So Victory shows shot. We can't even work with other artists that we like because those guys are like, I'm not signing this. I mean, back then it was, Yeah. You know? I mean, I remember, you know, being an agent for 15 years now. Back then it was like any bands on like Victory, a lot of people in the industry just would not fuck with too. No, we would literally get emails back from managers and agents when we were yeah. applying for, for tours that would yeah. say, we don't work with Tony's bands, mm-hmm. period. Literally. Like, not, it would say victory. Just they, say they Tony. They just called dude out. We yeah. don't work with Tony's bands. Yeah. That's it. That would be the email. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So this guy's rep is so fucking bad that, like, we can't, we can't even be touched. Yeah. No, it was literally a thing. So I, there were a few bands, like, I booked on Victory Records, and... I knew the stigma that came with the label. Like I knew about all this shit. Right. But like yeah. uh, the band was like friends of mine, you know, and I'm like, man, why the fuck you signed to this label? But all right, we'll give it a sh- I'll give it a shot. I'll try to help you. You know what I'm saying? I'll try my best, but yeah. I'm telling you like right now, I'm going to get emails saying we do yep. not work with Victor. We do not work with Tony. We got him. I yeah. go get him, get him out my email right now. Yeah, no, dude. <laughs> you know, and then I can get the email. I'll show you the emails from him where, you know, Ash was super cool to us on that until I feel nothing cycle, and he and he um, put us out on the Sumerian. It was basically the Sumerian Records tour, but we were on it. It was Born, Veil, uh, Betrayed Martyrs, and Volumes. I think if I'm remembering oh, I properly, remember, I think I remember the story. Yeah, yeah, it's 2011, and, and we were on it. We were like right under Veil. Yeah, and it was actually a really great tour for us. Tony wrote me this fucking diatribe about how I was a traitor and a backstabber and, uh, you know, all this shit and that we better not play the Chicago show. If he sees us on stage with Asses Bands at the Chicago show, we're in trouble. I'm like, dude, we're on a record that you shit out that's barely fucking selling right now. This dude put us on an actually good tour. We're in front of fans that are interested in the band. Yeah. And you're writing a page long email telling me that I'm a backstabber and a traitor. First of all, you don't have my fucking back. You never have. Yeah, you never have. You're a traitor on what? You haven't get done anything for me. How yeah. can I trade? Why would I trade you out? There's nothing you did. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, so what? You signed us just to kick us? Like, what's the point of this? Well, yeah. What are you doing here? Like, you know we're yeah, on a I good tour. Yeah, so I can fuck with them. Yeah. Like, well, okay. Well, mission accomplished, I guess. Yeah. He just tries to. He tries <laughs> to be this big bully. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's really it. We were just like, we can't be a business anymore. We can't be a band that has to put gas in the tank to get to the next show and pay management and pay agents. There's nothing. There's no money here. Yeah, there's it's no being, money left. Being up. Yeah. You know, so 
we did the hiatus thing and be signed us and brought it back to life. Yeah. Because I kind of, I think I remember like when you guys broke up, I'm like, I think it's, I think this is like a, I think this is them going to get, this is going to help them get off victory. I was like, this is probably going to, this is what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I saw you sign the nuclear bass, I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, yes, there it is. That's, that's what the boys needed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my, that's what they needed. You know, and we actually already re-signed with them. We oh, this okay. Our second deal with them. Oh, dude, that's sick! Hell yeah, congrats! That's what's up, dude. They're good yeah, people they're over there. Big. They know what they're doing, man. Yeah, they're paying us like four times each album with Retreat paid us, and we have an insane publishing deal with with BMG. That's what's so, up! Hell yeah, yeah. So what uh what album from your discography do you think took the longest to write and like record? I think Die Without Hope probably took the longest to write. Yeah. But maybe because we had the most time. And as mm. far as longest to record, I guess it would be World War X because War we X. had, you know, we were still working with Jason Sukoff out in Florida. So it was oh, like, okay. you got to send some people out there and then. Um, Editing, yeah. We, yeah, we had a, a different guy mastering. We had the guest vocal. You know, Angel was on it. Alyssa was on it. So yeah, uh, yeah. that one probably took the longest. Probably I would say World War X yeah. Let's see. When I got some, let's take some questions from the fans. Um, <laughs> so I went like on your guys' posts about the episode. Uh, there was one that said, "Will Carnifex go full slam metal for one song? Or are you, or are you going to, or are you going to bring back the breeze?" <laughs> I think it's probably closer to bring back the breeze. To be honest, yeah. Oh, shit. I mean, yeah, parts that slam. Yeah, I think I, you, you always know, have. Never got paid a slam band. Yeah. I don't think, yeah, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say, oh, yeah, Carnifex is like a slam band. I'm like, that would throw me off. I'd be like, who the fuck are you listening to? Uh, I do remember <laughs> this one time we were playing out in Tennessee. We were, we were playing with Whitechapel, and this dude comes up to us after the gig, and he's, he's like, he got the southern accent and everything. He's like, y'all was my first introduction to black metal. <laughs> you know, like genuine, like had a smile on his face. I was just like, hell yeah, man. Thank hell you. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> yeah, because you don't want to have that talk, you know? I just like, I appreciate it. Dude. Yeah. You know? and he was like, no, God, I was, you know, Hey man, you know? Him, yeah. He'll figure it out. <laughs> Maybe, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's funny. We say, we like use that line on each other all the time. Now, Y'all was my first introduction to black metal, <laughs> you know, super like cool guy, like totally sincere, but it just, it made us laugh a little bit, yeah. you know? <laughs> no, it's fucking great. Um, Benny asked, uh, what are the differences in the music and writing style between the new album and the previous album, World War X? Well, you know, the, like I kind of touched on the previous album, we wanted to be more, you know, Deathcore Plus was kind of like our, yeah. our, our approach. We, you know, we wanted the Which big tours. And so yeah. it just kind of gotten slapped across the face with, you know, Deathcore bands are shot that we just were like, this is the prove them wrong record. And so yeah. World War X was the proven wrong record, and the new album is the get fucked record. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like that's the biggest difference. Uh, you, I mean, guess which one's more angry? It's probably the get fucked one. It's so like, <laughs> just, they're fucking meaner. They're faster. The production is grittier. It's harder. Oh, it's louder. My voice is more raw. It's more up on the mic. You know, we're using a fifty-eight this time, not oh. like a, you know thousand dollar tube preamp the special vocal mic yeah we just kind of said like you know let's just go in there and just throw the right hook that's it like 
Is he fuck dancing around? Just knock him out. Yeah, exactly. And you guys are recording all of it, right? Totally. I mean, right, yeah, yeah, right before now. we started this episode, you were saying that. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, Corey's got like a song left to track on guitar, and then uh, Fred's here on the fifth, and then I start tracking on April twelfth. Damn. And our deadline is April thirtieth. So get it turned in by the thirtieth, and there you fucking go. New yeah. record out. What September? We. We did a cool thing the way we turned in four singles already. Oh, um, so our first single is actually going to come out April 9th. Wow. No so shit. we're kind of switching up our, our rollout. Yeah. We're doing okay. this thing. So our whole thing's like streaming focus, right? Yeah. Um, so we're doing this thing where we're putting out a, sh- so I mentioned it was a 15 song record. Yes. And we're putting four singles leading up to the drop wow. uh, of That's... the album. Yeah. And they're going to come out like every six weeks from April 9th to September 3rd. That's fucking sick. Get some you can't money. buy anything for the first couple ones. It's just just stream. Just the stream. Yeah. Just check out these songs and then then you'll when come the pre-orders out. go out for the album, uh, which is July twenty third. I I don't mind telling people on here July twenty third. Yeah. Pre-orders go up. Then it'll be like all the merch related to the first the first singles we release and everything will all be available then. So oh, all right, it's smart. I like this that. Combination of push streaming. Yeah. Then try to some sort of anticipation you know excitement for the physical product as well exactly no it's definitely smart that's fucking awesome so april fucking 9th april 9 yeah oh, damn and then like every five or six weeks all the way up to street day that's fucking awesome um switching it up yeah. i wasn't happy with the last with the you weren't stoked on the last rollout no nah, i just didn't it didn't catch you yeah know what I, mean? I feel like people are starting to change it up like a lot more bands are doing like singles and then they'll start going to the, oh here's then they announce the record here's another mm-hmm. you know here's another new single so i think it's a better approach yeah i think just it will be i mean it's gotta be better than the last one <laughs> yeah. um let's see steph steph beachy in the chat had a question throughout your career <clears throat> what are some of your on top of the world moments you've had this can be anything from like a sponsorship you guys got or a cool live show moment on top of the world. Like you just felt like That's damn a challenging question. <laughs> yeah, um, <it> is. <laughs> you know, playing that slipknot show in Costa Rica was a moment for sure because yeah. I think like I don't know, I think right. as a musician that's kind of been in it for a minute, your idea of what would constitute success is probably very different than what's perceived. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we've done some great things. Co-headlining Summer Slaughter that was, I think that's a really big And yeah, it went over, went, that, that tour went well, too. That tour was fucking awesome. I know. I, had, I worked with Rivers and Nile, and they were just like, dude, this tour's fucking nuts. It's crushing. I think we're touring with them in September. Oh, yeah, you guys are. Yeah. I forgot that's oh, yeah. the tour you're talking about. <laughs> that's our album release tour. Yeah, I know. I didn't put two and two together. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad they're on it. Yeah, man, so. good people. But yeah, you think uh, the Slipknot, that Slipknot Costa Rica show? Slipknot Costa Rica, uh, headlining Summer Slaughter. Um, yeah, and Summer Slaughter, yeah. I guess those are the two big moments. To be honest, um, and you know, this is probably for most of us, I, I think that it feels, we, we still feel like we have a lot to do. No, it's good. I mean, it's a good feeling, honestly. You're not like, you're not like feeling burnt out. I feel like I haven't done enough. Yeah. And plus you had this fucking really extensive break. <laughs> so, 
I mean, that no. was a mind fuck. The, yeah. the financial implication of everything. Oh, I know. It, all four of us went from, hey, we're going to go on this tour where we're going to make yeah. 10000 a month to, oh, we're all, not only are we not making anything, all we the lost. debt we to launch this tour, oh, you guys also have that tour. You, you saw all have that debt, you know, so we had a $40,000 merch bill. Um, you know, we'd already paid a $6,000 deposit on the bus. We yeah. had bought tickets for two crew members to already fly out. Yep. Um, you know, our, our we had already rented a light package. Um, all that stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it was like, oh, okay, well, the tour's not happening, but, you know, all those bills are still due. Yeah, they're still yes. there. I'm on the line for that stuff. That's all so it is. Fun. What did you do yeah, with the merch? Right. Were you able to send the merch back to put up on the store? Or did you yes. keep some? Yeah. Yeah, but you know, That's it's a like lot when of you're merch, on the bro. you're going to do three to 5,000 a night in merch. And I mean, that's like on the you'll do three to 5,000 a month yeah. on the web store. So a little different, you know? Yeah, exactly. Definitely a big fucking. I mean, I can't even imagine the amount of bands that lost money last year. Everyone, I mean, every, everyone did. I mean, everyone involved, all around did. I mean, shit. You know, like I said, right. like, devastation. Commissions. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, but also like devastation, like the you know, the Euro, the three European bands, Rotting Christ, Borknagar, and fucking Wolfheart, all had plane tickets, bus deposit. Right. You know, merch already printed and ready to roll. You know, say, you know, it's insane. I remember when I was talking to Joe and uh, Tim from Fit for an Autopsy. Like that Die Artist Murder, they played like I think one show on that tour, the Die Art US tour, and it was canned. So you got Die Art from Australia. God, had, that's brutal. Yeah, you had this other band, Una Misery. Una Misery. I can't pronounce the name correctly. They're, yeah, they're from Europe, Nuclear Blast Band, and and I think there was like one a Versions Crown, I believe, was on it too. So another okay, Australian yeah. band, right? <laughs> so it was just like yeah. That. It's insane, Joe. but yeah, we're going to get back to it. I, I'm, I am sure of, and shit will turn around. I'm feeling real good about these, these shows coming up. I mean, th yeah. we're doing this run in July out to Rockfest. It's just us and local support. But I think that's like a good way to dip our toe back in, like keep the ticket price low, like just, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Um, give it, give local bands a chance to like get out and jam, bring their friends out. Um, and then when we hit it in September, that lineup is so fucking stacked that I think it's just going to pop. Dude, it's so stacked. <laughs> so I can't stacked, wait yeah. till that gets announced. It's going to be fucking awesome. People are going to literally every metalhead's going to lose their fucking shit. I, I, I think it's going to be like one of those things where we're just like. So like, it's just going to be like swing. The pendulum's going to swing back the other way. And it's like, yeah. I bet you most of that tour is sold out, like maybe not in advance, but. But, By the time, dude. like the day stuff. Oh yeah, I, I bet you much that tour sells out ultimately. I mean, for literally, because this is there hasn't been a tour that style like that style of a tour hasn't been announced yet. Nothing's been in, you know. what I'm saying like, you know, we got like the Ginger Suicide Silence. You got the the Between the Bear to Me got announced. That's true, but that's yeah. really it. So I mean, what else has been announced besides the Fest you're on? Yeah, yeah. Right, and then no. nothing. I can think of not. No, I can't think of anything else. So it's like, it's nuts. So it's going to be, I think a lot of metal, uh, majority of metalheads are going to lose their fucking shit and buy up those tickets quick. Because honestly, if when you guys see this lineup, everyone here, you're going to lose your shit and want to buy a ticket right away. 
because but yeah and it's like yeah like i think a bunch of us are like on new records too oh yeah so. dude yeah rivers it's gonna Hell be yeah. coming out i yeah, mean you yeah the opener is on a new record too yeah. uh and you know a new record i don't yeah, Nothing black. About the band. So, yeah not black uh not yeah not that uh, headliner <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say it, I'm like, but uh, no, you know, no, 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 no. They they came out with one last year. <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting for that on one. it yet. Yeah, it's gonna be sick as hell, man. Um, Wayfarer Marcus in the chat asked, "What is your f- personal favorite album from Carnifex?" Um. Worst answer ever. This new one, goddamn it! <laughs> and it's because like it's so like I think it was this weird thing where like kind of the, the being at the, like the low low like yeah being fucking broke. like not being pay pay anything like all, all the shit getting canceled just like all that stuff like really kind of in this weird way it put us in a good headspace to write a really mm-hmm. fucking great record yeah and I put a lot of that into the lyrics and I actually. You know, on World War X, I felt like I was kind of like really kind of be coming into my own as like a writer and stuff, feeling more confident in my writing. But I, I messed up on the theme, you know. But now this time, yeah. I think I got the theme right. My writing's even better. I really yeah. try to like get more clever with the wordplay and stuff. And um, I try to get gnarlier with my patterns, just like, yeah, I don't know. I just tried to push it more. Yeah. You know, and I, I think everybody in the band did kind of based off this, like, we've been sort of you know, locked in a cage for a year. So you just kind of want to come out swinging, come out at fight weight, you know? Exactly. And you've had, and also you guys had time, you know? Yeah. You're not yeah. really being too rushed at all. Right. No, no, no. No. So it's like, you don't have to worry about that. You're like, Oh, we don't, you know, you have a deadline, but it's like, you've been writing this record for months and recording and stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, we, I mean, we started writing. So for remember when cursed came out that single we did? Yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That, that was from basically our first, our you know, beginning of our writing sessions. Okay. Gotcha. Is that one going to yeah. be on the record? It'll be on the record. It yeah. will be on the record. Yeah. We're re-recording it as well. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's sick. Um, yeah. With like the new production that we're doing. Oh, okay. It does hit harder. We got a better mix and like a better master on it and a better guitar tone. So that's what's up. Oh yes. I'm, I'm real stoked to, see, to hear this shit. Um, let's see. We had another question. I think this was from the Facebook or Instagram post you guys did, or it might've been in my discord. But anyway, the question is, was the blackened part of Carnifex sound intentional, an intentional decision? Or was there any specific black metal bands that got like influenced that? Oh, it's absolutely intentional. Yeah. And I, you go back to Dead in My Arms. Uh, if you listen to the title track on Dead in My Arms, like, it's basically got a lot of black metal influence. There's keyboards, you know, black metal wrists, all that mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. So, and as I, I mentioned earlier, like I'm, I kind of am a black metal kid at heart, you know, from yeah. back in the day. So it was totally intentional. And um, on this record, I think it's probably our, I would say combined with the music and the production, because the production is like a way more raw, yeah, I which kind of lifts itself to more of a blackened sound in, in my mind. Yep. Um, I would say, it, yes, it's intentional, and it's probably the most prevalent on this upcoming album. That's awesome. Hell yeah. Love that. Do you guys, we had a question in chat, do you guys any have uh, plans to do some UK shows in the future? We do. We have a European tour booked for Jan, Feb 22. Oh, fuck yeah. 
another totally great lineup. That's stack. sick. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's cool. I, we talked about this. So someone in my discord brought this up about, um, like more mixed metal tours, you know? And I remember you and I were outside. It could have been Dallas or Austin show of the summer slaughter tour. I forget which show it was, but I remember having this convo with you. And like, I think a couple other guys were around us too, about like, there needs to be more like mixed metal tours. And yeah. uh, one of the guys in my discord was like, you know, imagine seeing, and this is not like too far fetched. Like I could see this lineup happening and working. He said, you know, imagine something like cannibal corpse, 1349 carnifex and arc spire, you know, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, damn, that would be like a gnarly, but even like, you know, you guys went, I mean, the tour that got canceled on you guys was you carnifex three teeth, the Browning and, um, who was the opener? I can't remember. Scold. Scold. So that was like more outside the box. But I remember because I work with the Brownie and I remember that tour, you know, you know, you guys hit up Johnny about it. Johnny was like, yo, talk to Scott. They're doing this tour three teeth like, yo, we're down, you know. And I was just like, oh, wow. Carnifex and three teeth. Brownie. That was was tough to get done, too. Yeah. Was it? It was. Yeah, because, you know, it's kind of that thing where like, you know, both bands go back to their agents and say, hey, we want to do this tour together, you know, because me and Lex had been talking on IG. Yeah. And we're mutual fans of each other's bands and said, like, let's, you know, and we kind of had similar album themes, you know, Meta X, World War X, whatnot. Yeah. So it was like, uh, and we also liked each other's music and we had mutual friends, you mm-hmm. know, uh, so it was like, dude, let's fucking tread this tour together. Yeah. And then we go to the agents and they're like, well, what? Yeah. <laughs> you want to do <laughs> You know? You want to what? <laughs> just like this band's garbage and you know like our agent was like you this band's not metal at all like you know they are but like not like you know extreme metal well no no yeah exactly yeah so it was a hard tour to get done and just like to convince the team like yo we just we want to do this yeah and it was selling well i don't know that it was going to be like i don't know if it was going to sell like i don't know where it would have ended up to be honest with you yeah I think it was true. doing well. Our guarantee, we had the highest guarantees we were ever getting paid and, you know, lost all that shit. But yeah, I know. Cool. But it was like cool that, like, you know, you guys really went outside the box with that one. I feel like I mean, we were trying. Like, that was, that all goes back to World War X. It was like we really wanted to make a push for that next level. And we, you know, we also are self managed. We don't have a manager. Oh, okay. So yeah. We were trying, we've been single as far as management goes since 18. Oh, and okay. we want, yeah, we we want five B. That's kind of the only management that we're interested in, just because the rest of the managers are like, "I get you a tour with Chelsea Grin." And it's like, uh, I our just agent will do that, <laughs> yeah, or I can text I, them. Yeah, we just yeah. text someone, and it'll yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah, we'll make fifteen percent to tour with our friends. Yeah, you know, um, and. I think we just did enough tours where we just like three teeth. We put together ourselves. The despised icon tour. We put together ourselves. I remember that one. That was fucking nuts. Our agent and, and yeah. Ash. It, it's like, if we're just going to do these tours, we don't need a manager for those. If we're going to go to the next level, obviously we do, but the manager yeah. we had was never going to get us there or didn't even try to get us there. Uh, yeah. Didn't even have those relationships. Yeah. So that's moot. So really we're like, well, let's go through World War X as, just us you know and that's another thing we did world war x unmanaged that so that whole promotional cycle everything was just the band but yeah the label 
Um, and then we're saying, hey, let's stay single so we can get five B's attention. And you mm -hmm. know, they threw us a few boats. We did the tour Slept down in South America, but yeah. and we even like emailed them and kind of tried to get a conversation going and they're like, hey, we like the band, but you know, we're we're not taking on you know, blah blah blah. And then no. we kind of got the slipknot thing after that. So I was like, okay, they don't they don't hate us, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and so now we're hoping, you know, okay, well, we'll just keep rocking this. And then if if the new album kicks ass and yeah. they feel like, okay, let's let's bring this band up, then we're well, maybe that'll ready to that'll spark that conversation later on, you know, later in the year. I, I know look at us with a manager so yeah. uh, you know so we got to stay single and really it's like in our mind it's like five beer or nothing yeah that's it oh brad's in the chat i know brad just started working with you guys bradley yeah hey, he's what's up brad yeah he yeah so that kind of goes back to our self-managed thing which yeah. is basically we've just put together a team of smart people yeah um you know rather than kind of having a manager that would go like, I don't know, maybe use some of the people that work on their team or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we just, you know, work Once with, uh, work with like a capacity, basically. Yeah, no, essentially. Yeah. He said, he said, now they have one B Bradley, not as good, but it's something one B. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love Brad, man. That's funny. Yeah. We're rocking one B right now. One B baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love Brad. He's the fucking man. I, I'm excited. You know, that's the thing. I think I'm more excited yeah. to do this rollout because it's like less pressure. You know, with World War X, it was kind of like, you know, big that's... bit. We, we make it or die. It was kind of our mindset. <clears throat> yeah, you know? exactly. And we it, we didn't. Like, maybe that was partially COVID. But, Come you know, on. either way, it, it didn't really hit the way we wanted and didn't open the doors that we were hoping for. So we're going back. On this one, we're like, really took stock of like what the people, what the fans identify with, what we're really fucking good at, and what we, what we like love too, like as artists, what makes us laugh. <laughs> That's exactly. Yeah, you know, we kind of didn't do that on the last one. No. More like, what's the sound we can create that's gonna like break us out of this kind of not not rut, but like get us beyond where we're at. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> Seneca's in here. He said it's odd to see Scott on Twitch instead of on Patreon. <laughs> you guys been yeah, killing Patreon, it with a Patreon, right? We shut it down at the beginning of the year or at the oh. end of twenty twenty. Oh, okay. Yeah, we ran That's it from uh, May to December, and um, it did great. I think you know, at the end of the day, we, we ended up making about twenty thousand with it. So it really great, helped man. offset. Um, <clears throat> Some... It really helped offset the bills. Yeah, man. Um, especially the merch bill. Yeah, um, especially the merch bill. That was. <laughs> Um, and ultimately we decided to, to end it because we were like, well, you know, we're not, we didn't get onto Patreon as like some, you know, it was a reaction to the pandemic. So yeah, once we I got some, it. Yes, you know, like stabilized the money, we were like, let's go back to being a, a band and not streamers. And, yeah. uh, we told everybody on the Patreon, put up a vid and everything. And everyone was super cool about it. And we didn't feel right. Like just it's just not what we do no We're i think that's i think it was the right move honestly yeah because i don't even know what i don't know i just feel like what else do. at some point it would start drawing pulling away from merch and album sales or whatnot so. yeah exactly his name uh seneca in the chat his real name's topher he said he said he missed hangs with scott it's your boy topher <laughs> oh yeah We're, tell him where we were asking him where we were hanging at uh patreon i assume 
Oh, oh, okay. Oh, so yeah. For great. yeah, he's the one that brought it on. He brought it up. I mean, I remember you, brother. Good to see you. Yeah, uh, we're just focusing on the record these days, you know. And well, and well, now yeah. it's almost like the record's about done, and it's you know we got some music now videos. Do the we got to, yeah, started to do some you know promo. We got to take some band photos, and, and then we hit the road in July. So it Dude. it'll be kind of honest here. I feel like it'll be you know the pendulum's gonna swing back pretty fucking hard, you know. Oh, for sure, dude. Definitely. I'm definitely stoked to see you guys again because it's been well, yeah, since Summer Slaughter. It was the last time I saw you guys. They were in Lubbock at Jake's. Who wait, what? <laughs> we're playing Lubbock and Jake's in, in uh July. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, really. Is that's that the only cl- Texas show. That's the only right? Texas show? Damn it. Oh, <laughs> uh, OKC. How far is OKC? Oh, that's easy. Closer. That's three hours. 89th Bryce, Street, baby. Oh, I'll come up for that. My friend Bryce lives there. Let's do it. Come yeah, on. Yeah, I'll just come up for that. I haven't seen his new place. There's my excuse. <laughs> there 89th Street goes off. I mean, it's a hole in the wall, but it goes yeah, off. Yeah, it goes off, know? though, man. It definitely goes fucking off. Well, dude, I am fucking beyond stoked uh, for this new Carnifex record. I mean, just how you're explaining it and telling us how it's going to be and everything. I'm definitely really stoked to hear this shit finished. Um, thanks bro i appreciate it so i'm definitely excited for april 9th to hear the single um and then also see you guys again fucking hang out again man i yeah. think we only really yeah. did that one time <laughs> yeah i know and it's a trip for like all of us in the band because like where we live we don't actually have any friends all our friends are other touring musicians and yeah. so it's like you know, me and sean for example literally the only the only person I hang out with, you know, besides my wife in San Diego is Chuck. So yeah, I don't have any sure. friends here. Yeah. So it's like, I'm like, oh, so like this whole year, it's just been like, I've only seen two people until, you know, <laughs> literally come doing the record, but it's just like, it is. yeah, we're ready to get back out there and see some people. It's, it's weird, man. It's like, we're, we're so used to going to shows all the time. I mean, I was just used to going to like, you know, when my tourists come in town or my bands are on other tours, you know, I'd go to like three fucking Texas shows, you know, of course, I would just yeah, drive I mean, to them, you know? So it was always going, 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 and then it stopped. And I was like, this is the weirdest thing ever. But there was points where you know, it was like kind of like, nice. Because like, if I look back to the hiatus, it, it wasn't it – obviously, it was different world circumstances. But as far yeah. as like the position of the band was kind of precarious. We sort of didn't know what was going on. We sort of like, uh, man, we lost the label. Are we going to be on a new one? Kind yeah, of a lot of a lot of fear of the unknown was yeah, sort of happening. a lot of sh- shit was up in there. Right, and right. Without Hope came out of that, and that's probably our best record. How long? Other than the new one. Well, before. How long was that hiatus for? Eighteen months. Eighteen months. Okay, so almost two years. Yeah. Damn. That had to be a weird time. Come yeah, it was because I didn't know we were gonna get like I thought we were gonna get like countersuit or I didn't you know what I mean I was waiting for like a something you know, we had already gotten but with lawsuits from Victory in the past when we had our our uh, web store out. Oh, yeah. All our merch. They said they were going to, you know, take us to litigation if we didn't pull down our web stores. Many bands I remember that happening with. Right. Yeah. You know, it's you're on a good label. When your label finds out you're making a few bucks. Yep. And then they want to sue you for it. The dumbest shit ever. Because even like with that. Good answer. Yeah. Like that band, (laughs) this band Seeker that I booked, which my best friend Bryce is in. They're not a band at all anymore. But. Even like after, yeah, like after a tour, you know, you have leftover merch and they're like, I want to fucking sell this shit. And it's like, of course. Yeah. literally, it was just like, 
they couldn't. They couldn't put up like a big cartel store to try to push it. You know what I'm saying? Let's get rid of this tour merch. Like you couldn't do that on Victory Records. Yeah. It was, if, if it was something that directly benefited the band, they would stop yeah, you. They would stop it. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's how hell bent they were on keeping you from making any of your own money. Mm-hmm. Are you making your own money? We're going to sue you for it. Exactly. Like oh, cool. literally. Thanks. And they still literally. They, they still get you know shit in the mail being like. Yeah, you owe us this much money. <laughs> and Bryce is always like, "Shut the fuck up." Show me that contract. Let's go to court with that contract. Yeah, and show me where. I money. Yeah, tell me where. That's I, why yeah. they take you to court for the money because then suddenly they realize none of it adds up. You know? Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. And they're gonna get fucked just like a, uh, a day to remember fucked them, like literally. But anyway, man, yo, thank you so much for doing this with me today. Um, Stoked on the new record, everybody here. April 9th, new Carnifex single. And the record yep. comes out in September. And September they also 3rd, have a yep. September 3rd, Nuclear Blast. Um, they got pre-orders some... will be up July 23rd. July 23rd for pre-orders. <laughs> Steph said, I can't wait a week. I need it now. I need it now, too. Oh. You're going to wait a week. <laughs> I, I can, uh, I'll try and get a, a – NB's got a listen link, Dan. I, I, I'll get one sent to you. Oh, dude, I'll be sick. Days. Fuck yeah, man. I'll be stoked on that. So Yeah, I'll, I'll try it after this. Hell yeah. I appreciate that. So with Twitch, um, I don't know if you're that new to it or whatever, but after like every episode, I like to raid somebody. So pretty much we All bring right. everybody from this stream who's here to somebody else's stream. Let's um, do it. Let's see who is on. We got, ooh, we should do, should we do Nick Nocturnal? You know who Nick Nocturnal is? I, I know he's a YouTuber. I don't know him yeah. personally. Dude, he's a, he's a rad fucking dude. I had him as a, as a guest and uh, like uh, like um, two months ago and he was, fu- he's just a fucking, he's fucking awesome. But, um, Hell yeah. But let's go fucking raid Nick. He just started up his stream not long ago. He's a cool ass dude. I'm sure he is a fucking Carnifex fan. He loves his he loves his fucking metal. Did that work? Hold on a second. I thought I clicked the right thing. Try it one more time. Nick. Nocturnal. Start raid. Something went wrong. <laughs> I love when Twitch yeah, does this shit. I love that's, when that's t- the- I love when Twitch does this shit. Let's try. I just refreshed everything. Let's say Nick Nocturnal. If this doesn't work, everyone, I'm going to post his link in the chat. Everyone go to it. <laughs> it ain't fucking working. So that's what we're going to have to do. That's, that's a Carnifex curse right there, man. <laughs> Damn it, Scott. <laughs> right, it's like, it worked for every other band. I'm like, well, sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. We're going to go jump over to Nick's stream. I posted the link in the chat. Everyone click it. Everyone go to it. And uh, Scott, thank you for doing this one with me today, man. It's been a blast. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Hell yeah, dude. All right. We'll talk to you soon, dude. All right. Catch you later, brother. Later. Bye. Later, everyone. <laughs>